This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Yeah, um, this week we're going to be departing a little bit from our normal um, format in the sense that there are no uh, mitzvahs for the tired mitzvahs in Parsons Bullock. So we can't um, discuss specific mitzvahs. So I just wanted to mention a few things that came up this week. a couple from the Parsha and a couple things from a little bit out of the Parsha. And it'll be probably a little shorter than we're used to, but uh, in any case, I think it'll be worth the time. <clears throat> At any rate, um, one of the things we notice in this Parsha is that um, this is kind of a uh, completion of the episodes that we've had that are related to the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, which is uh, talking about the Midas of Kina, Taiva, and Kovod, which it says that the Kina, Taina, and Kina, Taiva, and Kovod uh, remove a person from the world. Um, we've seen in the previous parsha of Koirach the idea of Kina, which is the Midah of jealousy, it's obvious that Koirach uh, was jealous of Aharnakoin on some level. Uh, by the way, I just uh, found out something that I had heard about but hadn't heard exposed to this degree, which is also shy to this parsha, is that um, I've uh, heard it said that Koirach, when in the times of Mashiach, will be functioning as a coin Godel. And um, this was uh, kind of confusing because, after all, he's a lady, so how can he become a coin Uh Besides the fact that, you know, it's interesting that uh, a person who's classified as a, as a Rusha would, would then be given that, um, that position. Uh, at any rate, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's uh, brought out, I believe, from the Rizal, that um, the kind of thing we were talking about with uh, Parshas Koirach, that uh, the Levim are associated with Din, Gvura, and judgment, and the um, the Kohanim are associated with Chesed. And it's said that in, uh, when Mashiach comes, things are going to be considerably reversed to the point where the Midah of Gvura is the ascendant Midah. That's Midah on a, on a higher level than Gvura, things are, than Din, and Chesed is going to be reversed. In other words, now Chesed is on top and Gvura is subservient to it. But in the future, Chesed will be subservient to Gvura. And one of the reasons for that is that since when Mashiach comes, there will, be, there will not be a Yitzhahara, therefore everything will be able to be um, run completely according to Din, according to judgment, because there won't, people won't be doing anything wrong. There will be, there will be no Averis being done, so therefore the world will be able to survive even if it's run by din, whereas in this world where we're doing averes, uh, we simply wouldn't be able to to survive under that kind of a, uh, a regimen. So, if the case is that the that the gvura is the main midah, 
then it would come out that the Levium, who represent that Mida, would be uh, would have the, the uh, primary position, and the Kohana would be subservient to them. But in any case, as I, I often shy away from discussions of what's going to be in Oil Mahaba because it's so hard for us to have any conception of what that's going to be like, that for us to go around, uh, you know, uh, trying to even deal with those concepts is very difficult since we are so lacking in uh, information about, you know, really how that's going to, what that's going to look like and what that's going to, you know, all, the, all the various facets of living under those kinds of conditions. At any rate, uh, it's, because I'll say it, so it, it's important to know, I guess. And uh, however, it, it, one thing at least it, it uh, shows us, you know, we talk, also talk about the, the din is going to be according to Shammai instead of Hillel, because Shammai also uh, represents the din and Gvur as opposed to Chesed. So what it does make us appreciate is that everything has its place and everything has its time and its proper function. And uh, there's going to be a time when Gvura is going to have its, uh, its, its time to be ascended. Uh, if you want to go even deeper into things, you can talk about the fact that um, there is a position, uh, a bit controversial, but there's a position that the, uh, just as the world goes through a set of seven years um, to create a Shemitah, and then every seven Shemitahs we have a Yoival. So to get to the real Tachlis and the idea of a Yoival, the Jubilee year, so in order to understand that, um, we have to go through, or to, to, to come to that, we have to go through seven cycles. So there are those that hold that the same is true in the history of the world as a whole, that um, <clears throat> we generally think of uh, the idea of that uh, there's going to be 7,000 years, and 7,000 years is going to be the year of, uh, of Mashiach, and then everything, you know, the whole tikkun is done. Uh, but according to them, there have to, has to be a cycle of seven, cycles of seven, of, of 7,000 years. So really, we have to go through 50,000 years to get to the oil to really get to the final tikkun. The final, you know, you must be Shia. So, according to that, um, <clears throat> we are in the second Shemitah right now, which is also interesting. We don't know anything about what happened in the first Shemitah, but during the second Shemitah, being the representing the sphere of Gvura, we're in the Shemitah right now where Din is very important. And maybe that's uh, an explanation of why there's so many tsuras, there's so, many, so much suffering, and so much. Uh, so many problems is because we're going through this whole 7,000 years of din. And uh, perhaps, uh, you know, when we get to Tiferes, things are going to look considerably different, according to that view. In any case, uh, we have to take a very broad uh, attitude towards the idea of Midas in general. We can't say it's, it's such a uh, obvious or hard and fast rule that certain things are more pleasant or more important or more ascendant or... Uh, whatever than others, given that you know we have all this flexibility in terms of Shia uh, comes and all this stuff, it's just impossible to really know what's going on. Anyway, the point is, um, so Balak uh, in this uh, is uh, Koirak rather definitely was suffering from some level of kina on some level. Uh, even though he's a very big person, he did uh, fall prey to that midah. And sometimes the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and uh, they certainly uh, have to protect themselves against midas like that, Gaiba and uh, whatever thing. 
So this is um, an important point to realize about the parshas of Koira. It's built on this, this mid of kin of jealousy. Then we come to the parsha of Bolak, and we see here the actually two episodes, the, the parsha of, uh, with Bolak and then the parsha of Zimri, uh, where Pincha steps in and, and uh, uh, does what he does, even though the, uh, the reward that he got was discussed in, in Parsha's Pinchas, uh, the actual act itself was uh, described in this Parsha. So these two episodes represent the middas of, of uh, Taiva and Kovit, Kovit being related to uh, Bullock. We see all over the place he's talking about Kovit, uh, how uh, the... Uh, uh, Bullock is, is going to be Mechabedim uh, to honor him with, with more honorable uh, messengers and later with how much money he's going to pay him and all over the place the, the concept of covered is seems to be the driving force even to the point where he's willing to give up uh, payment in order to save face by saying that, uh, well, he told him to begin with that you know he's only going to be able to say what Hashem tells him to say. So it seems that he's um, he's very concerned about uh, you know the cover that he's going to get to begin with, and also that um, that he should not uh, lose that cover when he is embarrassed by the fact that he can't say what he was supposed to say. Um, it's also a very big humiliation for him, the fact that he was able to, that his, his, his donkey was able to see the malach, and he wasn't. Which is, you know, here he's supposed to be uh, privy to all this uh, secret information and, and, and uh, high uh, uh, connections with uh, able to hear Hashem himself and talk to Hashem and this kind of thing. And then in the end, he can't even see the malach that his donkey is seeing. And um, it's interesting that, that the very phrase that he uses there that uh, with his donkey, that, that if I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you. And then the Malach uh, uses it against him and says, if, if, uh, if you'd come any closer, if your donkey hadn't stopped, I would have killed you. So it's turning it around completely. So the point is that he's shown to be uh, very much uh, uh, at the, uh, under the control of others and not under his own control, which is the opposite of the kind of... Uh, the kind of uh, image that he wanted to project of being, you know, this great expert and this great uh, know-it-all with tremendous powers to be able to bring, you know, uh, to bring um, defeat upon the Jewish people. Uh, it's also very interesting that his whole strategy was to be able to use out the moment of um, what's called the which is a whole subject in itself, uh, why it's necessary for Hashem to have a moment of uh, kas, of, of anger against the Jewish people every day, even though it's only a split second. Um, and he was going to take advantage of that. And then, I think during these days, uh, Hashem did not uh, use out that, that option to, uh, to, to have that moment of anger. So therefore, he wasn't able to, to take advantage of it in order to, to curse the, the, the Jews. So in any case... He was a total uh, failure in this in this situation, except for when he gives the uh, Eitzah, the, the, the advice to uh, Bullock that he should 
um, take advantage of Hashem's uh, hatred for uh, immorality by uh, having the women of uh, Midian of Moab, actually there's probably only one princess that came from Midian, but the rest of them were from Moab. But in any case, the, the fact that they uh, were seducing the Jewish men to uh, do things which were not appropriate, and uh, not only in terms of the sexual uh, avarice, but also in terms of the avoidazora that they were forced into by doing that. Um, and this is the concept of taiva, the desires, physical desires. And the fact that they um, mixed up the physical with the spiritual. A uh, very interesting thing that we just learned in the in Tilim, in the Parsha of um, Sparek Ein Gimel, in the commentary of Rab Moshe David Vali, who was an associate of the Ramachal, uh, Moshe Sato. Um, and he was uh, talking about the fact that he, was, he lived in Italy in the 17th century, 18th century, and he was uh, very much aware of uh, what was going on in the church, and he talks there about how the, the, the Tehillim in, uh, in, in Kapitolai and Gimel, 73, are, uh, can, can be interpreted as referring to things that are going on in the Catholic Church. Um, specifically the Komrim, the, the, the priests with their bulging eyes and bulging stomachs. And he is uh, uh, ridiculing or you know, criticizing Christianity for its uh, becoming so materialized that they even use material and, and physical uh, attributes to their so-called god, which is uh, Yoshka. And uh, the fact that they talk about him in such human terms is a, a, an example of, of physicalizing the spiritual, and that you that you don't uh, have the embarrassment to talk about um, about uh, a deity, <laughs> you know, the ultimate physical, uh, ultimate ultimate uh, spiritual being in physical terms, in such such brazen physical terms. Of course, we you know we also use the idea of anthropomorphism to understand. Hashem's meat is better, but never in the, in the kinds of terms that they're, you know, to, to make him like a mortal person altogether and talk about dying and blood and all these kinds of things. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, um, so that's the Midas of Kina, Taibut, Kovid as, uh, as brought out in these Parshias. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was something that we had here in Svas this week, or this past week. Um, it was Hachnasa Sefer Torah that we happened to um, acquire in Arbus Medrash, but it was given to us by an organization called Chizku. And that organization gives support to parents who have lost their children. And um, this particular case was in memory of the 45 Kedoshim, 45 martyrs or whatever, people who lost their lives in, in Meron. Uh, last year, so um, this was a, um, a very fitting commemoration, and they brought all these parents, not only of the 45, but of other members of their organization as well, to uh, come and participate in this Hachnas uh, and So there was a Pusik in this Parsha, 
it's called it's it's uh, one of the uh, Nevias of of uh, Bilam, where he says Meroish Surim Ar Enu that I I see him from the uh, the top of the rocks. Um, so there's an interpretation brought down from a sefer called Or Hagonas Litzadikim from Aaron Zelichov, who was a a Talmud of the Tanya and also uh, wrote the parish um, the commentary on the Siddur called Kesar among other things. Anyway, he he talks about that pasuk in terms of the idea that when we are just um, under the influence of the midas of of uh, chesed and gvura, and like we were talking about before, this idea of din and gvura. One of the problems with din is, of course, that uh, when people are over on something, they can be judged severely for it. And uh, actually, the clippers are very uh, busy, clippers and the goyim or whatever are busy. Uh, bringing as many complaints and, and accusations against the Eden as possible in the, in the heavenly court. And um, it's very difficult to, uh, to uh, protect ourselves from the consequences of those accusations. Uh, that's what the whole Chodesh El and, uh, and Tishri are about. But in any case, um, when we're talking about, um, about the midas of Chesed and Gvura, which are associated with the right hand and the left hand, um, those can be, and it's interesting that even Chesed is considered to be like this, which is generally uh, considered to be pure kindness, and apparently that also can be a source of some kind of uh, kitrig in some way. He doesn't explain that exactly why, how. In any case, it appears to be true. So how do we, um, how do we deal with that? So he he mentions the idea that Yaakov, of course, is the synthesis of Chesed uh, and this idea of Tiferes, Tiferes Yisrael. And Tiferes is, uh, is Rachamim, this is mercy, compassion. So that's how we are protected from the uh, accusations because we can always appeal to Hashem's compassion and uh, that He should have mercy on us and not judge us harshly. So he says that when we... Uh, when we do Hagba, when we raise up the Sefer Torah, so the Sefer Torah, which represents Tiferes Yisrael, Tiferes is the Sefer Torah, and it is then above our our arms, the arms that represent Chesed and Vura. So now Tiferes actually uh, is elevated above Chesed and Vura. So therefore, the fact that the Yidin have the Torah and love the Torah and, and uh, honor the Torah and, and observe the Torah and learn the Torah, the fact that we're so involved with Torah and that's really our whole uh, mitzias, our whole, our whole existence is based on the Torah. So therefore, it allows the Midah of Tiferes Yisrael, of, of uh, Tiferes and, uh, and compassion to override the Midas of Chesed that can be a source of uh, accusation. Um, so this I thought was very appropriate not only the idea that you know by dedicating the Sefer Torah and, uh, and uh, picking up the Sefer Torah is uh, through the, the uh, Mitzvah Hagba which in our Minigasas we do actually twice we do it once open before the, uh, the laning before the, the uh, Kriya and once afterwards closed 
That's uh, it's according to the uh, Svardi meaning, actually. But anyway, um, so here the Hasidah, a lot of the Hasidah shuls uh, do it also. In any case, the um, the idea is that um, in this particular case, we talk about the power to annul gzeris, to mimavatl, uh, to to uh, override uh, decrees, which can happen as a basis on the basis of those kinds of accusations. And um, <clears throat> the forty-five kabbonis that we had in Meron, to which this uh, sefer is dedicated, um, has a tremendous power to be able to annul uh, bad decrees. I mean, it would seem that that itself is a pretty bad decree, but sometimes you have to have a pretty um, big sacrifice in order to um, to annul something that's even even worse. So it's, it's very interesting and it's well known that uh, before that uh, event happened in Meiron, that uh, directly, Amish, minutes before that, uh, Milik Biederman, who's a well-known Waldarshan, and a very well-known personality, um, was singing one of the songs associated with Lagba Oimer, and he was saying um, the words, Kra Roya Gzar Dineinu, that uh, you should uh, tear up the uh, evil decree, the bad decree. He was saying that over and over and over again just before the event happened. So it uh, would seem to be a, a hint to the idea that the fact that what, what did happen was a um, was an, a nullification of the kind of decree that um, could have happened. And uh, we only can imagine what that could have been. In any case, um, it was an interesting juxtaposition of these, these ideas of our making the... Uh, this, the, 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 also, so how does it relate to the Pasik of Meirosh um, Tzirim Areni that Tzir um, is the Tzirim he plays on the word Tzur as the uh, word Tzir Tzir is the um, the uh, image so Meirosh uh, Tzirim Areni he says refers to the Neshamas and the Neshamas are on the level of Bina which is the one of the highest of the midas, and that's where the decrees are annulled. So uh, this idea of the neshamas, and we have the forty-five neshamas, were um, involved in the annullifi- nullification of decree of the decree which happens in bina, and that's what the pasuk is referring to in the idea of rosh tzirim areni. That that's where that uh, nullification takes place. Anyway, that's uh, another one of the uh, the things that I wanted to mention. For this week, um, and um, just to add an interesting aspect of this Achnos uh, Sefer Torah, doesn't have anything to do with Balak, but well, it does in a sense also because it's really talking about the idea of the Mida of covered that people people want cover for themselves. Um, it was appropriate that this Sefer Torah should be. Um, donated to our particular kehillah, I think. Um, I don't know if it was intended for this particular reason. I mean, the, the uh, ostensible, I mean, the, the uh, outward uh, reason why we got it as opposed to somebody else is because we don't have another Sefer Torah. <laughs> In fact, the person that that loaned us the Sefer Torah that we have presently wants it back. 
and he was also involved in uh, with the person who donated this sepatoria, so he was the one apparently suggested that we get it as opposed to somebody else. But there was another reason why I wanted to um, uh, bring out that this is it's appropriate because after all, you know, Hashem is concerned that this sepatoria should have an appropriate home, and after all, it's. it's uh, says that even the Sefer Torah in the Nehechel is, uh, is a mazel, as a mazel. So obviously Hashem is, uh, is concerned with the mazel of the Sefer Torah itself. It should be found in a, a, an appropriate, um, find an appropriate home. In fact, one of the Rabbanim, the, the, the Biala Rebbe that was there um, at the uh, Suda, and he mentioned to me a uh, Torah that when Hashem went around to give the nations of the world uh, the Torah, and they rejected it one after the other, that it says that the Sefer Torah was very unhappy, that it was very sad that uh, he was being really rejected, and he couldn't find an appropriate home, didn't know who was going to accept it, and then he finally came to the Eden, and the Eden accepted it, and then the Sefer Torah was very happy that it had found a home that was, uh, was appropriate for it. So uh, in this case, why were we particularly appropriate, aside from the fact that we needed it, is this concept that, uh, or this, the, the fact that that uh, it's a very unique congregation, in the sense that we really do not belong to any particular group. It's made up of a number of different groups, even groups that normally might be at odds with each other um, in the world. And here, it's it's just it's. I mean, the fact is that what happened is that uh, basically. I mean, there's a lot of different Hasidic groups around, and uh, not everyone has enough to be able to have their own kahila. They need about, you know, usually 30, 40 families of your own group in order to create a mismedrish for you for that group. And um, so people from all these different groups that had fewer than that, that number came together to, um, to create a mismedrish that's just a combination of all these people. And not only do we not have any particular group, but we don't have any particular rav, and we don't have any particular uh, gvir, like a, you know, a wealthy person that's put up money for it. It's, it's, it's totally a, a um, uh, volunteer kind of um, uh, combination of different people from different uh, backgrounds. And different, I mean, we'll see them, but... Uh, and even that's not true because we get a lot of people from the area that uh, can be Svaradim and Litvish and, and all kinds of people come in as well. So it's even not uh, totally Hasidish. But the fact is that uh, all of these different people are volunteering their particular talents and, and creativity and abilities and whatever to support a truly um, uh, heterogeneous uh, group uh, is quite unique, and the fact that I mean anybody who was there at that event really felt a tremendous spontaneity, a tremendous highest you know uh, energy that was really unique, and I think that that's um, really unique because because normally if you have a group that they're all the same and they're all from the same, they all follow the same rebbe or the same minig, whatever it is. Here we don't even have a particular. I mean the minig that we have is minig svas. It's fast has its own minhagim, and we would adhere to those minhagim, but not the, the minig of any particular group. Um, usually people, you know, get together with similar people, and they feel, you know, a certain uh, commonality and a certain bond with each other because of the fact that they're coming from similar backgrounds or similar, or they have a similar, uh, or they have the same uh, uh, affiliation. And in this, in our case, that's not true at all, but 
it's over these few years, it's only the whole, the whole best measure is only seven years old, and we went through a major change about three years ago also where it kind of regrouped. And in such a short time, the people feel such a bond with each other, such an achtis, such a, a, a unity, that it comes out in that very strong energy, um, which is really an amazing thing. I mean, we're not just like a, a haphazard group that could have gotten together and just, you know, just to dominate together and that would be it. But the fact is that really we have this, we feel a tremendous... Um, which is, I think, a very, very unique thing. In a similar way, the Sefer Torah is usually given by one person in memory of a person or because it's their Sefer Torah and they want to be in the midst of the Sefer Torah. In this case, this was put together by a group of, um, of, of you know, many, many people donating money for, this, for the Sefer Torah and it's dedicated to not to one person but to 45 people that were also from all different walks of life and all different affiliations and just happened to be united by the fact that they were all included in this uh, one uh, terrible event. So it's, it's the, both the Sefer Torah and the Kehillah where it will be, where, where it's found its home, are both kind of an ad hoc um, uh, combination of many different types of people who would never ordinarily have uh, had anything to do with each other. And through circumstances, they Hashem made them into one unit, uh, and they feel a tremendous achlis and a tremendous connection. Um, the fact is that people also, uh, the, the group itself, he calls it a family. The, the founder of this group, of uh, Kluger, um, calls it a family. And these people are also from all different parts of the country, all different you know, ways of life. And, uh, and yet they feel a unity just from the fact that they have, have experienced uh, a similar tragedy in their lives. So, you know, it's amazing how Hashem makes connections between people that um, we think that we're, um, you know, that we, we have any idea of how or why people get together for different reasons. But the fact is Hashem is, you know, always making zivugim. He's always putting people together. And he's always making, making people feel... Uh, uh, commonality in unexpected ways, and I think that it's a very, very powerful thing. And you see, and we really felt that power on this occasion of this particular thing. And this is also, um, and in fact, you know, in our in our Kahila also people don't have titles; they don't have. Um, uh, it's, it's not about any one individual. Everybody's, you know, again, they're they're volunteering their abilities and, and whatever they can do for the sake of the whole. And uh, that's exactly the opposite of what we see in Parshas Bullock, where Bilam was really totally mercenary. He was only out for his own, his own honor and his own uh, status and his own, his own wealth and whatever. And he was not uh, really particularly interested in, um, in what, what he was going to, what he had to do. It was the main, and certainly not in terms of serving Hashem. Uh, it was only, you know, a, a self-aggrandizing uh, type of thing. So whatever, all of these things came together this week, and um, next week, Amir Tzashem, we'll get back to uh, the emphasis on the targets. If you would like to contribute to the organization that produces these podcasts and see what else we're doing, access some of our other uh, materials, you can find that at nakuda.org. That's N-E-K-U-D-A-H 
That is nakuda.org. And um, you can also have the option to email us and contribute to dedicate the podcast in memory or in honor of any occasion or in memory of some loved one or whatever. Uh, and we'd be very happy to get that support. Thank you so much.